What is happening? Welcome back to the 182 News Podcast. This is your host, Popping Curbs, and I really appreciate you making me a part of your day. Today's episode is terminally rad, pun intended. So I have a pretty cool, lengthy conversation with Nick Gensler, a.k.a. Terminal Radness. He's an artist. He's collabed with Blink in the past. He's done shirts, posters. Most recently, he did a bass guitar for Mark Hoppus. No big deal. Uh, And that guitar was actually turned into a bass pin for Hi, My Name is Mark. So it's really cool to hear his story. I just love hearing these artists, their journey, their story. You know, where did they get started. So I really hope you enjoy this. Nick was actually a huge Blink fan. He tells a great story about meeting Mark Hoppus as a kid. He actually handed him his demo tape for his band. And so to think that 20 years later, he's making a bass guitar with his art for Mark and then seeing Mark play that on stage in front of 20,000 people. It's just so fucking cool. So I really hope you enjoy that. It'll be coming up shortly. I got to start by saying I'm blown away by the support on the podcast. I actually just got a notification the other day that 182 News is in the top 100 podcast on Apple Podcast in the music category, which is just fucking crazy. Um, I've read all I read all your messages. I've been blown away by the support, to be honest. Last week, at one point, I was having a shitty day and I'd been up since 3 a.m. with a sick kid and I was home on my lunch break reading through some of the feedback you all have sent me whether it was on Twitter or Instagram YouTube and I was moved to tears to be honest it was actually kind of a funny scene I'm in the kitchen eating a sandwich and my wife was uh, in the living room and I was trying to read her some of these comments that you all had sent me and I couldn't even get through it because I was so moved. Uh, I mean, there was a a mom who said, you know, she's been so busy the past two years being a mom that she kind of thought she lost these memories. And, you know, I'm bringing those back to her. There was a guy who's said he's 39 now and, and, these stories and just all this blink talk is bringing back just so many great memories over the last 20 years. And I just love that. I mean, that is just so fucking cool. I mean, when I started this, I didn't know if anybody would listen, much less be moved or be able to reminisce and reflect on the past. So I really appreciate it. It's just so cool to me. It means the world to me. I'm just a, a big blink fan, random dude in Indiana who's trying to do whatever I can for Blink fans, just doing cool shit, basically, once I get my kid to sleep and I have time. So I really appreciate it. I'd love to hear from you if you want to reach out. I'm at Poppin' Curbs on Twitter and Instagram. So feel free to give me a holler. I'd love to chat. love to say what up. I really appreciate that. Um, the last episode was my conversation with Dylan Anderson, who childhood friend of Tom and Mark. He runs Hi, My Name is Mark. He helped launch Atticus. So that was super cool. For, for the new listeners, by the way, if you enjoyed that conversation, definitely go back and listen to some of the pre- previous episodes with the Mr. T-shirt interview was great. Uh, Christopher Holmes shared some incredible insight. I had the photographer who shot the Enema of the State album cover. So even if you got to skip past me at the beginning to get to the interview, go back and check those out because it's they're pretty cool. And I just love sharing this history and the stories of those who were around the band, worked with the band, all that good stuff. So um, I really hope you enjoyed the last episode with Dylan. It was so fucking cool of him to 
send some of those never before seen photos. So I was sharing those on the Blink-182 online social media accounts. Um, we had some trivia on there. So I want to give a shout out to the trivia winners. Uh, Toothrag, Famous Burrow, and Mike DeMonte were the three winners for the three questions we posed. The questions that we had, we did some trivia based on the episode to kind of make sure people were listening and, and kind of test them on it. So one of the questions was, where did Atticus come from and who designed the logo? And so Atticus comes from the character Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. And Dylan created the logo, of course. So that was one of the questions. Uh, Another one was, where did Tom and Dylan work when they took advantage of the meals they were supposed to be delivering? That was the Remington Club retirement home. So Tom and Dylan, I guess they used to deliver food to the elderly at this retirement home. What they said they did, which is actually kind of smart, is if they were hungry and they wanted, you know, a steak dinner or something, they would order the best thing and, you know, they'd pick it up to go deliver it. And instead of delivering it, you know, it wasn't even meant for anybody. They'd just go sneak off to a room and just smash it and eat it. <laughs> so that cracked me up. Um, and then the third trivia question was Tom wanted to create nail polish for men. So this was back when he was kind of painting his nails black. And uh, it was, what was the name of the brand and what did the logo look like? And I actually, the picture that I posted that with, the name of the brand was in it. I was really testing you guys. It was Orbit. Uh, That was his nail polish for men brand that they kind of came up with before they ran into trouble, uh, you know, shipping chemicals and such. It just became a big pain in the ass. Um, And Dylan said the logo actually ended up looking like what is currently the To The Stars logo. So perhaps a little rocket ship or uh, moon or something in the background, which is cool. So I thought that was super cool. You know, it's it's crazy for me to see, you know, 182 News on the Hi, My Name is Mark Instagram. Just so cool of them to post that. And obviously, I think a lot of people found the podcast through that. So just a huge shout out to Dylan and the folks at Hi, My Name is Mark. That was just so fucking rad. And I really hope you guys enjoy that. It's just mind-blowing to me to kind of see my logo and, and podcast up on my favorite brand and, and on their Instagram page and get some new listeners and feedback from that is just so fucking cool. Um, as far as the news goes, there's not really a ton to go over. Uh, Mark did finally come back and do another Twitch stream recently. He said that he was working on a new song uh, that was Blink. So that's cool. He's working on some new music. And when asked to describe the new song, he described it as punk. So obviously anxious to hear that. It'll be cool whenever that ends up seeing the light of day. He did say the collab album is potentially still in the works. So they had some stuff with uh, Pharrell, uh, several others that ideally they were thinking about releasing an EP with these collabs. And it's still not out, but apparently they're still working on it, which is cool. Uh, I'm still looking forward to Nine Deluxe. I think Nine Deluxe just has to happen. He He's hinted that, you know, there's definitely material for it. So super anxious for that. Uh, the last episode, we had touched base on, you know, the tour situation. So at that point, two weeks ago, there were only two shows still on the books. I had mentioned there was no fucking way I thought those were going to happen. And lo and behold... They are now canceled, postponed, rescheduled. And so, unfortunately, there are no Blink-182 shows happening this year, which fucking sucks. I mean, it sucks. I mean, it's the right thing to do, definitely, but it's just such a bummer. Like, I was so looking forward to hearing, like I said, some of those nine songs live. Blink was actually supposed to be playing their first shows this weekend. They were going to be kicking off a tour with The Used. 
by the way, if, if you haven't listened to the used new album, I really enjoyed it. I, I kind of fell off with the used for a bit. I was into their first couple albums, but this album kicks ass and Mark's on a song. Travis is on a song. It's, they're both really dope. But yeah, Blink was supposed to be playing right now. I was going to go see Angels. I was hoping to catch Alkaline Trio right now with Bad Religion. So it just, it's such a fucking bummer, even though it's the right thing to do. But no, no concerts from Blink or Angels this year. So unfortunately, that is now confirmed. Um, I had mentioned I had spoken with a concert promoter who was really worried about any shows this year, especially you know, big crowds, there's just too much risk. I just don't see it happening. And uh, Rick DeVoe, former Blink manager, was doing a, an Instagram live thing. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, as far as the bands you're managing, what are you hearing about any shows happening this year? And he said he doesn't think any shows are going to happen until fall 2021, which fucking sucks. So hopefully we get a vaccine or something before then. But Nothing's going to be happening this summer. That's that's for damn sure. A uh, couple things with Travis. So Travis has been working really hard with Machine Gun Kelly on um, their new album. It's called Tickets to My Downfall. And Travis is, is really, he, he's doing a lot of producing on this, really collaborating with him. He's poured a ton of uh, his heart and work into it. So it's really cool to hear the first song that came out from that, which is called Bloody Valentine. So uh, Machine Gun Kelly is kind of trying to I guess kind of cross over into this pop punk kind of uh, scene, which is which is cool to see him. He's he's a very talented artist. So that song got released. It's dope. They also released a kind of behind the scenes YouTube video of the creation of that, and it was really cool to see Travis in that producer role. So, I mean, I'm telling you. Travis can work with anybody. That dude's got mad cred from all different genres. Everybody, you know, he's cool with everybody from Eminem to Drake. I mean, it will not surprise me. I called this a long time ago. Travis is going to go down as a legendary producer. He works nonstop. I mean, I just definitely think big things are going to happen with DTA Records, and I wish him nothing but the best. It's, it's really dope to see. Uh, another thing Travis did with Post Malone, I didn't get a chance to mention it, but they did a almost like a tribute slash benefit show live on YouTube that was a Nirvana uh, tribute. They covered a bunch of Nirvana songs. So Post Malone was playing guitar and singing, and uh, Travis was on the drums, of course. It was incredible. I mean, I, I'm such a huge Nirvana fan. That was kind of the reason I picked up a guitar in the first place was, you know, Nirvana and then, you know, Tom and Blink. And, you know, I hadn't heard some of these songs in a long time. They played some deep cuts, man. They played Very Ape, Francis Farmer, School. So to hear Travis playing drums on Nirvana songs, one of my favorite bands, and some of these deep cuts was just incredible. And honestly, Post Malone fucking killed it. Uh, so that was really cool. It's still up on YouTube. And, and the best part about it, it was a benefit thing. They've raised over $5 million for um, it's for the World Health Organization to kind of battle the, the virus that's happening right now. So check that out if you enjoy Nirvana. It's really fucking cool. I meant to mention last time, uh, if you follow the Blink-182 online social media accounts, I love stickers i love slaps and so i've I've wanted to do this the past couple years on the forums i wanted to have a sticker contest and i wanted to get the stickers made and then when this whole thing kind of kicked off with you know everybody's stuck at home and dealing with the virus and all this stuff i wanted to make a difference somehow and you know raise money for a good cause of sorts and so we held the sticker contest and you know we put it up for vote 
And the winning sticker ended up being, it was from a dude named Upsmuck. So I appreciate him sending that in, letting us use that design. But it's Mark Hoppus as a banana cartoon, essentially. So I got the stickers made. And basically, we sold them for $5 each. All proceeds I donated to Children's Hospital of L.A. and uh, through Mark's little Twitch stream thing. So I just wanted to mention that. That was dope. Appreciate everybody who hit me up to buy one of those. And that donation has been made. And I really appreciate it. I thought that was dope. We'll have to do that again next year. So, uh, okay, as far as the news goes, that's really all I have. This is another lengthy conversation. I'm not going to split this up. So it's a pretty big interview. Like I said before, I'm trying to release these every two weeks, essentially. So if you got to pause it and come back to it, it's all good. You got some time to get caught up. So uh, without further ado, I want to jump into my conversation with Nick Gensler, a.k.a. Terminal Radness. Really hope you enjoy this. Uh, We get his whole story. We get... You know, what was it like when you're handing off your base to Mark Hoppus that you made for him? There's actually something he fucked up on it that he didn't realize until he handed it over, which Mark picked up on right away, which is kind of funny. So I really hope you enjoy this. Uh, Just fascinating stuff here. And again, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to follow me, I'm at Poppin' Curbs on Twitter and Instagram. Would love to hear your feedback, what you enjoyed, what you learned. So hit me up and here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, now joining us on the 182 News Podcast, one of my favorite artists, Nick Gensler, a.k.a. Terminal Radness. Nick, what's up, dude? What's going on? You got my last name right. That's amazing. Uh, I was I was worried about that for a second, but I, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. So uh, I want to start, you know, I don't know too much about your background. Uh, I'd like to know kind of how you got into art, where you're from, where you grew up. You know, was this something you always knew you wanted to do or, or how did you end up as an artist? Oh, that's a lot. Um, I don't know. I think like growing up, I was really into cartoons. And from a really early age, I wanted to either be like an artist or cartoonist. And as I kind of got older, it's like you go through phases where it's like, oh, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I'm going to be a pro skateboarder. (laughs) I'm going to do like I saw the movie Boiler Room and wanted to be a stockbroker at some point, (laughs) which is weird. But like uh, so eventually I kind of like I think once I came to more of a formative age and I got into like punk and stuff, uh, there became like more of a need for flyers and like album art and that kind of thing. And so because I was like the artistic one, usually in whatever band I was in, I ended up kind of doing it just by default. Because it's like you don't when you're doing those kind of things, it's like you, you don't have money or budgets or anything to pay somebody. So it's like, yeah. OK, like I could draw this and then like scan it in and like get a bootleg copy of photoshop from my friend's mom or something like that like (laughs) so i kind of just got into it because of that um oddly enough like i didn't know there was a name for like being a graphic designer i didn't know what that was so um oddly enough like when i was about like 15 or 16 
I ended up working at a friend of mine. Her mom opened like a, it was kind of like a skate shop, sort of like local hot topic kind of thing. They had like band merch and like Dickies and kind of like skates adjacent stuff. It was mostly like t-shirts and like, but they ended up selling famous stars and straps there. And um, I remember like really being captivated by the art because it looked different than everything else in the shop. So I ended up, reaching out to the sales rep it was this guy i think his name was carlos who did all the sales for famous and i was like hey who drew like who made that art like who is that person like i want to do that he's like oh it's this guy max you should talk to him so he gave me max's email address and then i found max on like aol instant messenger (laughs) and started messaging max um who was the art director for famous for a long time i think he still involved on and off with them i haven't talked to max in like a long time but yeah because of that dude and oddly enough like because of blink 182 that's kind of like what led me down a career in art that's dope so that was probably like was this when famous was first kicking off like 99 2000 ish yeah so it was kind of like i knew about famous really early on because i um i was lived in orange county till like i started sixth grade and we moved out to like riverside area so i knew about famous just because they're like the skate park i used to go to growing up was like plastered with famous stickers oh nice there was always like dudes i think travis may have been there a time or two but like dudes handing out stickers to like all the kids like hey like put these on your board put them everywhere so uh i knew about famous and i went to the like the shop when that was new that was like in Riverside off Magnolia. But um, yeah, it was kind of, I knew about that from its infancy. And it was kind of weird because when I was like nine, let me backtrack here. Also, the Aquabats were like a big influence in art for me. Okay. Which is kind of strange. So Parker Jacobs, he worked at like Paul Frank and stuff, but he did all the art for the Aquabats. Mm-hmm. He's the singer, Christian Jacobs' brother. Um, but I really was captivated by that too. So like, uh, the, uh, we had all the famous stars and strap stuff. I didn't know Travis was affiliated with that or anything, or it had to do with Blink-182 at the time. Yeah. Cause this was like, I don't know. I want to say when I was in like sixth grade. So it was like 1990, maybe seventh grade or something like that. It was like 1999 or 2000 maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was talking to, I was in a band when I was like, I don't know, 12 or whatever. And I was talking to this older kid and he was like, oh, Famous Stars and Straps, that's Travis's company. And I was like, oh, who's Travis? He's like, oh, that's the drummer for Blink-182. And I was like, oh, cool. I had, I think Dude Ranch at the time, so I didn't know who, like, I thought the drummer was still, like, Scott or whatever. You didn't really know what they looked like yeah, back yeah. then. It's kind I of, know. it's weird. It's so much different, you know? Totally. Like, it was just like, oh, I guess the drummer from Blink-182 got a bunch of tattoos or something like that. Like, <laughs> really, with, like, low-depth TVs and everything, yeah. you know, you didn't really know who was in what band, um, aside from, like, having owning the album. So this dude, Kevin, was like, yeah, uh, he's the drummer for the Aquabats, too. You like the Aquabats, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, shit. So I went home and, like, looked at my Aquabats album. And it was sure enough, it was like 
Travis Barker is the Baron Von Tito. And I was like, oh, yep. shit, the same guy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so, he's, uh, he's right there on the front cover. It's, it's pretty wild. So were you the kid, like, I mean, were you drawn on your desk, like just drawing all the time growing up? Or, you know, do you recall, like, you know, was it a, an art set you got at Christmas? Or how did you just kind of get started on, on your love for art? So I love, for, I don't know, just I think mostly cartoons. Like, I loved cartoons. And I was thinking about this recently, just because like, I have a son who's four years old. And um, I would just always draw like Nintendo characters. So I was always drawing like Mario characters and like yeah. Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, Ren and Stimpy. Ren and oh, Stimpy yeah. was a huge influence. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was just always drawing and um, my grandma was always like, and parents too were like really supportive. So she would always like buy me art stuff. I got like an easel for Christmas and things like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just always like, I wasn't interested in sports or anything. I just always wanted to like draw or be doing something like making something, building something. That's um, really dope that you mentioned Ren and Stimpy because now that you say that, like I can kind of see that influence in aspects of your art. Like that's really cool. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy Simpsons. Like I don't know, for whatever reason, my parents never really like censored what I did. Just like, I don't know that I have kids now. That's a great thing, but it was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, this is like, The Simpsons is good, so you could watch it. Like it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I could watch The Simpsons. I was not allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy for a long time. <laughs> I don't Beavis know. Beavis and I, Butthead. Yeah, I, Beavis and Butthead, too, is a huge thing. Uh, I would watch that a lot, too, but I was, like, too young to be watching that. Yeah. But just the characters and everything really always stood out to me. Yeah. Um, so were you, it, it seems, obviously, even on your website, it says stuff about, you know, the skate and the surf culture. So were you very much kind of in the skateboarding uh, scene growing up? Did you love to skate, love to surf? Yeah, um, we kind of like surf here and there. It was more like of a like recreational thing than like lifestyle sort of because we lived in the desert. So like when I became closer to like the age that I would want to surf. So like I started surf like kind of surfing here and there just like messing around when we'd be out with my dad or whatever because my dad surfed so like after the waves and whatever would die down we'd like go out and just kind of like yeah try to catch waves but yeah like I didn't I don't know I never thought of it as like a serious thing it was just I don't know surfing to me was more like like water skiing or something like that just yeah. like oh I'm in this body of water or like I'm near a body of water so I can do it when you weren't doing that though like yeah like all i did was skate for like five or six years like every single day for like hours yeah. and i was bad at it <laughs> yeah i was terrible at skateboarding and i used to skate all the time now i'm in i'm in indiana so i wasn't surfing and i i wouldn't even want to try it i don't really fuck with the ocean <laughs> so uh yeah. that just sounds terrifying to me so you're kind of making these band flyers you're kind of you know working on your craft that way so what happens i guess you know after high school or, or whatever you know when do you start kind of thinking okay i need to make a career out of this or a job out of this or how, how does that start working well i kind of like hated high school so i was just it's so back to the band thing i ended up like i don't know like i just kind of um when I was like 16 or so, I just stopped going to school because like I just didn't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents were just like, I don't know. I felt like they didn't really, 
they couldn't really make me at the time because I was kind of an asshole. So uh, I ended up like I was in bands and stuff. I just like to be clear, I finished high school and like have a diploma and everything. But I um, I don't know. I was just like felt like this isn't catered to me. Like, I don't understand, like, if I'm not going to go to a four year university, why I need to be doing like more and like why i need to take calculus or anything like that like i don't it's not gonna apply to me like i'd have no yeah. interest in this i've, like, dude, I've taken just... so much calculus sorry i i went uh i went off to college for four years and i took calculus algebra geometry i've taken eight years of french i have never used that shit one time in my life since then so i totally <laughs> feel you on that it's like you don't need all that stuff yeah it's just like i i don't know i just felt like a waste of my time and so I would just wake up like I had a job. So I would like that, that it like was telling you about earlier at my friend's mom's shop. So I had that job. I would like wake up like I would design on my computer for hours. So what ended, like what ended up happening sort of was I. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was like I would just so back to like my friend's mom's shop real quick like i ended up sort of uh they needed designs like shop tees basically mm-hmm. so i was like oh i could do that so they paid me to do that also on top of like whatever five dollars an hour or whatever i was making there yeah. so um i was like oh dude this rules so i started doing that for bands and then um yeah i did that for bands and then i ended up getting into screen printing Okay. Because uh, there was just like, it was expensive. Like if you were in a band and you wanted something screen printed, like bands, like when you're like 16 years old, you don't have like $500 to throw up merch. So what I would do is like, I could do small runs of merch for people in local bands. So I would just go to like a swap meet and get like four t-shirts for $10. And like, you know, it would be like, $150 $150 to print like 20 t-shirts instead of like $400 or whatever yeah. like the minimum was at the time so I screen printed for like a bunch of local bands and stuff and like brands and things I started kind of making my own well before that so like I ended up long this is a long story but I ended up crashing my friend's car oh like I drove my friend's car around the block and ended up like taking a turn too fast. And we like crashed in front of our high school and we were all good and everything. But like, I got in trouble and had to go to like, I didn't have a license or anything. So (laughs) we had to, I had to go to court and like the judge was just kind of asking like, what are you going to like do with your life? And I was just like, it was after I had talked to like that dude, Max and everything. And it was like, Oh wait, I'm going to be a graphic designer. Yeah. So the judge was like, okay, so like I had to write a paper and they like forgive whatever the tickets were going to cost that I owed telling like what I was going to do with my life and why I wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) drive cars without licenses anymore. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so my dad ended up like telling me, hey, like you fucked up, but like here, I'm going to 
put this towards your future. So he bought me like a brand new computer and it's just like, I don't want you to like be fucking around. Just like stay home if you're going to stay home and then like work on design and like screen print stuff. And like, we'll encourage you that way and like play music, but just like, don't like get in trouble anymore. Yeah. Basically. That's so dope. that's, that's what I did. Yeah. And, um, I ended up kind of, I was in a band and we had kind of gotten pretty popular at the time. It was like a, like hardcore band. And, um, I don't know. It was kind of like uh, they were sort. Of, there was like a religious component to it, and I didn't like. Basically, like I can tell you the story, but like I was at a show, there were these two gay kids, uh, and there was this pastor yelling at them that they're gonna go to hell. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, I don't want any part of this. Like, fuck this. Those kids are cool. Like, they just come to yeah. shows. Like, this is their outlet like it doesn't like none of that shit matters like i don't want to have anything to do with this anymore yeah it's it's so fucked up it uh, it just drives me nuts when i see i mean even i have family members who are crazy religious and i'm just like you know who fucking cares what other people are doing with their yeah. lives and their bodies it doesn't i mean who fucking cares what what's it doing to you but no, that's a, like I've never just, I've never been bothered by it. Like, it's just never made sense to me to, like, care about that kind of thing. No. So I was just, yeah, like, I was just, like, this isn't what I want to be a part of. And, like, I ended up sort of quitting that to focus on just, like, the little brand I had at the time and just printing and uh, designing. So cool. I ended up working with my dad for a little bit and I hated it so much that like, it was like an industrial job and I hated it so much that it was like my senior year of high school. And I was just like, there's no fucking way I want to do this. Like, so I have to like go to school <laughs> to like be a designer or something. So that's what I did. I went to school for design for a few years and then uh, just started working pretty much after that. Cool. So where do you end up getting the name uh, and or alias Terminal Radness? Uh, it was kind of like, I've told this a couple ways, but like it was sort of like, I think the truth of it was uh, what I'm doing sort of started out as just a blog. So um, the name comes from this band. It's like a English band called Terminal Cheesecake. I just thought it was like a funny name. Yeah. And so um I was with a friend. I picked a friend up for band practice. And I was like going through a hard time in life. Like I don't know. I was going through like a just being honest. I was going through like a breakup and sort of having a hard time with it and like I was really depressed and sort of adjusting to adult life. Yeah, man. And uh, my friend, I was listening to like Pedro the Lion or something like that. And my <laughs> friend was just like, what the, f like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what are you going to stop being sad and start being rad again? Like, yeah. let's like, let's go fucking eat a cheeseburger or something. And I don't <laughs> know why, like, she's like, turn this shit off. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it was just like the sadness to radness thing stuck with me and then i was just like oh like terminal radness that's kind of funny yeah and um yeah so it started off as sort of like a 
I just made like a Tumblr page where I'd post um, like a lot. There's this thing called Crazy Dave Tape where it's like these like kind of, have you seen those like, what is it? Everything sucks videos. I think that's what it is. Or everything's terrible videos. I don't know if I have or not. I don't think so. It's so. kind of like a mashup of like a bunch of like weird found sort of like old video footage. <laughs> it's kind of like, but Crazy Dave Tape is more like extreme than that. There's like porn and stuff in it, but they're just like really like crazy and like trippy. Uh, but anyway, so I'd post stuff like that and then like gifs of like old horror, like not horror movies, but like funny, like, like there's a, I think it's from House 2, there's a scene where there's like a pizza comes to life and like tries to kill a family. <laughs> like, I haven't seen that movie. No, it's like, it's ridiculous, but like just stuff like that and from old action movies. And then I started slowly kind of um, incorporating my art. And uh, so what ended up sort of happening is like I went to uh, Comic-Con one year and met yeah. this dude who I kind of liked and uh, was sort of just like would talk with him through email because yeah. I'd buy some of his art and stuff. So what year so is this up, for reference? This is like, I want to say like maybe 2009 or something like that. Okay. So <clears throat> I was working full time as an art director and I would just, I'd keep a sketchbook and just like whatever was going on, I would just do like doodles in like in meetings and whatever i don't know i didn't take it too seriously <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh i would like doodle all day long and um because i was in meetings a lot so i ended up showing him my sketchbook and he was just like dude this is awesome like you should really put this out there and i was kind of like yeah it's just like shitty doodles like for fun He's yeah. like no dude like i think this could be something like just put it out there like who cares like something happens it'll happen so i was like okay yeah so I did that and it kind of like took off from there, which is like always so strange to me. But I was like really like glad he told me to do that because I'm like, yeah, I probably yeah. it would just be like those sketchbooks would be on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, totally. I mean, you got to put yourself out there. I mean, people have been telling me that and I've been hearing success stories of people kind of doing that that same thing. So your art is is described as having elements of doom metal, flagrant apathy, public displays of sarcasm. That one's my favorite. I, I was looking through your Instagram page the other day and there's that neon sign. It looks like a restaurant sign, but it's got the Grim Reaper and it says, sorry, we're dead. <laughs> that was just cracking me up and then the uh the piece of pizza with i hate myself and want to diet that that one was cracking me up um so i mean is that i guess an accurate description of your art uh in your words yeah i think so i mean it's kind of like very you know be i don't know i think it's like I, mike judge is like if you like all that shit you'll i think yeah like what i do or vibe with it yeah uh, i i just kind of like it happened sort of I was doing this stuff prior to like when I started putting my stuff out there. But um, like a lot of it was like kids I would see because I was in like a after the hardcore band and everything, I started another band that was kind of like. Noise, like I don't know, it sounded like the Jesus Lizard or something like that, but like very kind of like noisy and like annoying for the sake of being annoying. Yeah. And so when we'd go to these shows, it was all just like these kids who like 
really just didn't care about anything but like the scene they were a part of which was like sort of i mean to me at the time it was like refreshing but like i would sort of draw these kids i would see that just like didn't like you could just tell like it's kind of funny but like there were people you would know like <laughs> were like rich kids sort of but like you know playing it like downplaying it yeah i guess <laughs> yeah Shit like that but like I don't know. I just like imagine what those people were thinking and like kind of draw them and draw captions for them. So, I mean, that's kind of what like what started what I was doing in my like my blog and everything was just like I would see these kids at a show I was playing and like sketch them up when I got home or like the next day in a meeting or something like that and <laughs> caption like what I imagine they would be saying or like what was going through their mind. He's sort funny. of like just like you know kind of like hipster kids with really shitty attitudes towards yeah. everything and like yeah yeah so that dude tells you to kind of start putting your stuff out there so do you just start kind of building up i guess like a tumblr following or did you start a facebook page at the time or how do you grow and then what do you kind of do with that so yeah i kind of just yeah i was the tumblr page for a long time and then i added the dot com to the tumblr page and it sort of almost like accidentally became a digital portfolio. Yeah. So people then would start like stuff would be like reposted or shared or whatever. And eventually like people would start hitting me up. And then around like after a while I started uh, posting to Instagram because like I didn't even like think to do that at first. And I was just like, Ooh. people are just looking at pictures of people's sandwiches they ate for lunch. Like who cares? Yeah. Yeah. about that so that is how instagram was when it first started it's like yeah. your kid and your sandwiches it's like okay yeah <laughs> so yeah or your dog or cat but like yeah so i i started then posting to instagram also and it was like then people like more people started hitting me up and following me and asking me to do work for them and it was kind of like just crazy you know it started out with like small brands and bands and stuff and then it like turned into like adidas and things uh, like and blink 182 and pearl like you know all that other stuff yeah so it's kind of just it's, i don't know it's crazy but it's just like i just all i did was keep doing what i was doing really you know yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah uh, it should be a lesson to anybody out there to, if you're doing something don't stop yeah keep doing what you love that's that's awesome so we're i mean we're gonna get deep into some blink but i do want to know you know what was the first call or email you got from either a big client or company or something and you were just like holy fuck i you know i got this <laughs> uh, i don't know like i ended up um so when i had that art director job i was like i wasn't fulfilled in what i was doing so i ended up just i drew something on a piece of paper that said like i want to be your dog <laughs> and uh, I mailed it to the creative director for Volcom because like Volcom was down the street from where I was working at the time and uh, he ended up like emailing me and was like hey man like I really love your art like thanks for sending this like this rules like we want to put it on a shirt wow and I was just like oh shit like this this is awesome yeah so that i think was like the first thing that sort of made me feel like oh okay like maybe i like maybe i could actually like maybe this is like something i i'm supposed to be doing yeah 
Man, that's so cool. It's like so many success stories. There's stuff you can just trace back. Like, you know, it could have been your dad giving you the computer and giving you the green light, or it could have been this little thing sending that off. It's like, you got to grind, grind, grind and love what you do. And it just somehow works out. I mean, if you just keep it up, that's, that's awesome. So I, I wanted to ask you, I've seen your art is almost perfect for a tattoo. I've seen some of the tattoos posted on your page. When you see somebody get a tat of your design or your artwork, is that just like super rad? Is it weird? Are you thinking, what the fuck is this person crazy? Or how's that feel? <laughs> no, it's cool. Like it's rad. The only like downside is I wish I'd tattooed it, Yeah. which is just like, cause that would be cool. But like, other than that, no, it's like, it's awesome. I can't, I just like, can't believe it still. I'm like, that's weird. Like I'm on hundreds of people's bodies. Like, (laughs) I feel like that'd be really, really weird when you sit down and think about it. But I mean, in the coolest of ways, it's it's super rad. Have you tried? I mean, have you given tattoos or do you do any tattoo work? No, like I kind of, I don't know. I go back and forth to whether or not I should, but like I used to, I like have tattooed on friends when I was like, you know, 17 or something like that. Yeah. But not since then. Like I haven't touched a tattoo gun. I don't know. I always, I have a lot of respect for tattoo artists and their craft. So I try not to like, I don't want to be like, like I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it has to be so much different than just drawing with a pen and paper though. I mean, it. I would be so fucking nervous. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's scary. I wouldn't want to try it, but there are people who do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to get into kind of some blink stuff. So just to kind of start out, did you, I mean, were you a fan of blink being from, from SoCal in the area? You know, were you aware of them? Um, how'd you first hear about them? All that kind of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, it's kind of a long story, but what ended up happening was like a, a friend of mine, I think it was like fourth grade or something like that came to school one Monday who is this kid who is my best friend came to school and was like I saw this band called the Aquabats at Knott's Berry Farm and he had like the mask on I guess they like gave him a mask oh god he came came to school and had a mask and everything he's like I saw this ska band they're called the Aquabats like they're so cool like they're superheroes like it's like the coolest band of all time and he was like singing their songs and stuff and I was like oh dude i like i need to see i need to find out like what this is or like hear this person or like yeah figure this out so um it was like the following weekend my parents it was like i don't know someone's birthday party and they had friends over so i was talking to my dad's friend and he was just like oh yeah like what are you into and whatever like I was telling him, oh, like, there's this ska band I heard about that I really want to hear. And he was like, they're called the Aquabats. He's like, oh, the Aquabats, they play them on K-Rock. You should listen to K-Rock. I was like, okay, like, what's that? So I figured that out. And then um, through K-Rock, I heard Josie. Nice. So that was like, I don't know, it's probably like nine years old or something. And then I saw a music video for Damn It a while later on MTV. And um, <clears throat> that sort of just clicked with me. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I like, I don't know what this is, but I like this a lot. Like, so I ended up, for my birthday that year, I went and got um, the Aquabats, Fury of the Aquabats for my birthday. Mm-hmm. My parents took me to like a music store and I got that. And I wanted Blink-182, but I called them Blink-122 because I didn't know they were blink <laughs> 
like I couldn't remember something that was just like, oh, do you have a Blink 122? They're like, no, I don't. The not clueless sure what that clerk. Is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, we don't have Blink 122. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think like the next year or a year later, maybe I had got Dude Ranch for like my birthday. Yeah. And some, and so that was kind of like the first Blink album I got into. I think it was like I got Dude Ranch maybe right before Enema. They got big through Enema. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and then Enema. I followed Blink 182. Like, I was hard. Like, you couldn't find a bigger Blink 182 fan than me when I was 14. It was like full blown, like, dressed like them. Like, I think all of our friends. Yeah. Like all my friends, we all loved Blink 182 and dressed exactly like Blink 182 and like played Blink 182 covers because they were like fairly easy when you're starting out playing music, you know what yeah. I mean? And uh, that was like, I think of Blink 182 is like our generation's like cooler older brothers, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's, I feel like everything cool, I kind of learned from Blink-182. I feel the same way, dude. And actually, my my first introduction to Blink was Damn It. And I was about the same age, fourth, fifth grade. And my buddy had the Damn It radio single. And that's so cool. I mean, it just takes me back to when you had to call, you know, Disc Jockey was the name of the place around here. And you'd have to call and ask them if they had a CD in stock, you know, so that your mom could yeah. drop you off at the mall the next day to go pick it up. It was just, gosh, it was so different. I remember songs coming on the radio and I'd be waiting with my little cassette player ready to hit record. And just that would be like my own little custom uh, mixtape. But yeah, man, Dude Ranch was the shit. And then Enema comes out and it was just game over from there, you know, with Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. That's actually my favorite blink album of all time but um i saw on your instagram page you you shared actually i can see the poster behind you but i want to hear the story about the enema of the state signed cd so one of the things that i kind of do in my spare time is i i'm a huge blink autograph collector and i've documented their autographs throughout the years i try to help people with their collections and make sure they get real autographs there's so much fake crap out there but anyways one of the rarest items out there and this will blow your mind is a signed enema of the state cd and you would think there would be thousands of these you mean i mean so many and i can count the number i've seen on one hand and that's with i'm going on almost 10 years of documenting this shit so they do not pop up very often so i got to hear your story on this enema of the state signed cd so yeah um I think that's actually okay. So I can tell you about the first autograph I got by Blink 182 if you're interested in that. Before we hell get to yes, that. yes, absolutely. So okay, so um, I think I was like 15 or 16. So when I started working for my friend's mom's shop, uh, she was like, "Hey, you're like young and cool. Like, you pick what clothes we sell here." So that's when like Atticus kind of first came out. And so I was like, oh, yeah, we need, like, Famous Stars and Straps. You need to get Atticus. Like, yeah. we need to get um, – and I think it was, like, right when Macbeth sort of first started, too. So I went to this thing called ASR, which is, like, a, it was called – it was, like, Action Sports Retail. So she let me be the men's buyer for the store because she was just, like, you're, like, a young, cool kid. Like, you pick what's in the shop. Like, yeah. So you're the buyer now. So it's very wise of her. <laughs> yeah so we like me and my buddies went and um 
it just so happened like Blink was playing a show that night. So Mark, Tom, and Travis were all there. So uh, we went to the famous Stars and Straps booth, which was like, I think, not far from the Atticus booth. And I ended up meeting Travis and had him sign my badge. I was looking all over for it. It's somewhere around, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. But so Mark signed my Travis signed my badge and then we ran into Mark and we ended up talking with Mark for like a long time. Wow. He was couldn't be nicer. Like so nice. So like caring. He was seemed genuinely interested in what we were doing and everything. And so we're like, Hey, could we give you our band's demo? Like and he was just like, Yeah, like I have to go though, like, but I'll wait for you guys. So we ran all like it took us like it probably had to take a half hour, but like we ran all the way out of the San Diego Convention Center, all the way to like the parking garage to get our demo tape, <laughs> like, run all the way back in, go through security and all that shit. And like he waited for us. He's like, oh, awesome. Like, thanks so wow. much. Guys. So, yeah, then he signed my badge also. Wow. Stickers. So um, which I still have those stickers and stuff to this day like one's on one of my guitars that's in a case that's buried but like yeah so that was the first time so, the so second cool time, yeah he's couldn't he's like the nicest dude ever and i just like think about that now like and like that was so cool of him to do like he really could have been like yeah yeah, Sorry. fuck these kids. Like, Sorry, kids, I gotta go. <laughs> excuse me. Like, and you know how many people have probably asked, like, well, was this Dude Ranch or was this like an Enema show? If it was Dude Ranch, maybe not too many people had given him their demo tape, no, but if it was Enema, he had a lot. Yeah, this is like, take off your pants and jacket. Oh, shit, so they're famous as fuck. Yeah, they're famous as fuck, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was like really, I'm sure he had like hundreds of things to do. So it was really cool of him to stick around and like wow. wait for some a couple 15 year olds to like give him a CD. That's so rad. So, so what ends up, go ahead. I was just going to say, I really hope he didn't listen to it because it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) He probably just, you know, toss it straight into the trash afterwards (laughs) as soon as you walked off. Okay. Uh, So what's the, uh, so what was the word on, on the Enema CD? I know you said you had to wait like two hours to get it signed. So what's the story on this one? So the enema thing was like, um, it was what? It was like, okay, so Travis co-owned a Wahoo's Fish Tacos, which is like a chain out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he co-owned one in what was it like, not Menifee, uh, Corona, I think it was. So he co-owned a Wahoo's Fish Tacos, which opened in like Corona. So we ended up, they were doing a signing. So we went to their uh I went with my girlfriend, who's actually my wife now, coincidentally. Wow. <laughs> but uh, we went and we met uh, like a friend there and um, we were going to have to wait in line for like four hours. And what ended up happening was um, the Macbeth guys were there. And so because I knew I had met them because we were going to make do orders with them for that shop I was in. We ended up getting uh, yeah. wristbands, so we got to go like, we got like a V, we got like VIP wristbands or something like that. <laughs> so we actually had to wait in like a much shorter line, which was cool. Um, but yeah, so we, it was still like a two-hour line we had to wait in, but it was better than like four in like the Southern California sun. Yeah, 
Oh, I bet. So do you have, so is Mark, Travis, and Tom on that, or was it just Mark and Travis? Mark and Travis. So Tom was supposed to show up and never showed up. Okay. So this was like, uh, when was this? This was probably, I think, when did Travis have the plaid drum set? Gosh, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. I think that was like after, or that was take off your pants and jacket era, I think. It would have had to have been, yeah, two, yeah between 2002 and 2004, probably. Yeah, so that drum set was hanging up in that Wahoo's fish taco. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's why like, it was like, it had to be around that period. Or, like, I don't think it was when they were, it was before the Untitled album, I think. Okay, so yeah, probably 2002-ish, because that dropped in 2003. Um, yeah, and that's the thing about, you know, the rare, rare signed Blink CDs and stuff. It's so hard to have all three on it, because they really didn't hang out that much. They were kind of hard to run into all three. So, dude, it's fucking crazy how rare, like, full band signed Blink CDs are from back in the day. It's it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so you you you're doing your art stuff how do you end up getting approached by blink to work on something or the first time you get asked to do something for blink so yeah the first time i think it was like chris siglin reached out to me i'm trying to remember who the first band was that he asked me to do work for it may have been bad religion yep he does so yeah so it was bad religion i think and then pearl jam and then blink 182 nice i think by then i kind of knew he did blink stuff and i was like oh that might be cool and um trying to think what the first t-shirt was i designed for them though i did some that were approved and i don't think they ever got printed but like i I know i have the board to death one with like the grim reaper um yeah and by the way chris siglin for those listening that's mr t-shirt we had him on he was actually my very first guest on the podcast so fucking rad um such a great conversation with him just the coolest so did he just find you on like instagram or something and reach out or i'm terrible about asking people where they found me like i just don't do whatever for whatever reason but i I would think it was like instagram or tumblr gosh yeah that's really cool so i remember the i have the board to death shirt the black one with the grim reaper with the smiley face and i think there was a pin a pin of that was that the first one you designed for them or no no, I did some previously. I just don't think it was like in my style that is recognizable. I think it's a little more like graphic. So like I did one that was kind of like an Andy Warhol treatment. Okay. That's like four boxes. It's kind of like pop art looking. There's another one that's like a smile with like a sort of like skeleton teeth beneath it. I don't know if I've seen that one. So did you start working with them like in this new California era kicking off in like 2016? Or no, was it prior to that, I think oh. when Tom was still playing with them. So there's a, actually there was a like a crew neck sweatshirt I did with them that is like a rabbit skull sort of okay. kind of like Bones Brigade looking. But that I think was the first thing I did for them. Cool. So you got the two posters and you've got them behind you. I can see them. So (laughs) how do you get approached? You know, how does that even work? Does Mr. T-shirt hit you up and say, yo, we need a poster um, and just give you free reign? Or do you shoot him a bunch of examples and he says, oh, this would be perfect for this particular date on this tour? How does that even happen? 
yeah he, chris is really rad he just kind of like hey like i like what you do that's why i'm asking you to do this so kind of just like do your thing or give me some concepts and like we'll approve whatever or like nice. get get something approved and if it's not approved we can fix it or change something yeah so yeah i kind of just had like i think the first one i did was what the new jersey one homedale new jersey yeah and that one was like uh i don't know i think at the time it was like i was kind of doing a lot of these like vanitas drawings where it's like something living something dead like it's a it was a whole like old art movement but i was kind of like it's still lives and i kind of was inspired by that and like almost like a little to me it was like a shrine to like youth and like like basically like my youth i feel like so that's sort of what that one was um and then the the second one with the was the which was the kansas one yeah that one's like I don't know if you could tell, but I tried to arrange it so there was arrows. So it's like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like subtle, subtle arrows in the background. And those, like, those have uh, what I think you refer to as some of your stoner faces. What's the inspiration behind those or how'd you come up with those guys? Yeah. It's like all the little, like, I mean, that was kind of like what I was saying is inspired just by like kids I would see around or whatever at shows and things like that. Yeah. So it's just kind of like the like burnout sort of like stony yeah. like stoner kids and I used to call them like grunge kids sort of like in some ways it's like how I imagined teenagers were when I was like a child almost yeah where yeah. it was like oh like kids skateboarding and like you know smoking weed <laughs> like yeah. not caring about any just being apathetic yeah I went I to shows to uh yeah, totally. I went to shows. One of those for the listeners, one of the posters is with a day to remember. So that would have been the first California stretch. And then the other one is Naked and Famous, which they kick ass, by the way. And that was more along the California deluxe stretch, if I recall uh, correctly. So how did you end up getting those signed, by the way? Did you end up, did you bring those to a show or get hooked up at no. a show? Or? Uh, Chris ended up, so yeah, what, what ended up happening was like Chris sent them to me. He had some signs to either like give away or do whatever, but I ended up just keeping them for like my kids. Oh yeah. So like they can have them when they're older or put them on eBay if they need money or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's cool as hell. Um, okay, so I want to ask about the bass guitar pin. Uh, no, 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 not the bass guitar pin. First, we need to talk about the bass. So not only are you named Terminal Radness, but you have one of Mark's bass guitars named after you, which is pretty badass. No big deal. Uh, so how do you get asked to make a bass guitar for Mark Hoppus? I don't know. I mean, like, I think Mark just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he just hit you up on Instagram or Twitter one day, email you? How's that even happen? Yeah, I think he just hit me up on Instagram because I think he'd been following me for a while. So it was like, I don't know if I should get too much into details, but like I ended up doing that like animation stuff for them for the okay. California tour for I think it played during Dysentery Gary. Oh, sweet. So Chris hooked me up with that. And then um, I don't I'm trying to think like there was an issue with like the between the company and me in terms of like compensation or whatever mm. so then i ended up dealing with mark and his manager which like made everything right 
which is like really cool of them. And uh, so from there, that kind of like, I guess, started my relationship with Mark a little bit. But yeah. prior to that, I'm going on a, I'm going off here. Uh, what ended up, so I think Dylan from Hi, My Name is Mark reached out to me. But at the time, Chris had just put me in touch with Travis to do stuff for Famous. Oh, sick. So I did stuff for Famous. And then I think around the same time, Dylan hit me up. And we didn't end up like collaborating because it was just kind of like, oh, we didn't want Travis to think we're like taking his artists or whatever. Yeah. So we waited a while. And then Dylan kind of reached back out to maybe do something. So we did the... Um, we did a little like coloring contest thing. Oh yeah, and I have then, that. Uh, yeah, and then Mark kind of eventually reached out to me and was like, "Hey, you want to do a bass for me for this upcoming tour?" <laughs> so that's yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's such a it's so like it's such a funny surreal thing when someone goes, "Hey, how'd you do that?" and I'd be like, "Mark asked me," like, <laughs> or Travis asked me, <laughs> like. Yeah. Not many people get to say that. It's such a weird thing to like, just that's like the truth of it. But like, it's just so weird to be like, yeah, just Mark Hoppus just asked me if I wanted to do this bass room. So I said, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, and you get that message and you're like, oh, fuck. Hell yeah. I mean, that's got to be so rad. But then, <laughs> yeah. you know, what would be going through my mind is like, okay, I can't fuck this up. Like, this has to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fucking things up. Um, <laughs> I did fuck it up. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, so before we get there, so to start, do you get sent kind of like a blank Jaguar bass? Does he say, do your thing? Was there any guidance on it? Or, or how did that work? No, he was just kind of like, do your thing. And so I just kind of told him what I had in mind. And he was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So um, I ended up, yeah, I met his um, bass tech for coffee and I, he handed off the bass to me and I kind of just talked things over with him and then uh yeah I took it from there and I'm just like shit like I have to do this now <laughs> like, yeah I better not fuck this up <laughs> so how do you end up fucking this up because it sounds yeah, like you it, did at one point <laughs> yes I did so um I ended up like I have a full-time job so I uh, I'm a creative director for like a brand so um, I ended up sort of like it was sort of what I was doing at night every night for like a month or so. So I ended up like towards the last stretch of when I was working on it. It's kind of crazy, but it's like it's a lot of it's a long process, like because it's not the same as like fine art sort of where it's just going to be thrown on a shelf. It's like a item you're going to be using and sort of like thrashing around a little bit. Yeah. So I was really like me, like being somewhat of a musician, I was really mindful that like this has to be functional. Like it's not just going on somebody's wall for like yeah. the next 20 years. Like this is going to be used every day. So keeping that in mind, it was like, I did way more coats of everything than I would have if I were doing like, a canvas or something like that yeah so it it was like a long process there was like i don't know five coats of the pink alone wow. on there and then 
There's like 10 coats of finish. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but like, yeah, everything I did, I basically did like two or three times just to build up the layers. So if like something got scratched or whatever, it would still look somewhat similar or the same. Yeah. But um, towards the last, like, it was kind of rushed a little bit. Like, I think I only had like three weeks to do it. And like the last seven days, I ended up getting super sick. So like I hadn't been that sick since I was like a child or whatever. I had like a fever and like, but I was like, I need to fucking get this thing done because they're going on tour soon. So I would stay up till like three in the morning working on this thing when I could, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's funny, but, like, the last, just from, like, staying up and not sleeping to do this and whatever, like, I was just, like, loopy. So, I think the last thing I did was, like, I was, it says, what's my age, age again? Oh. Along the bottom side of the base. So, like, a lot of fans <laughs> haven't, you know, let me know that. But, um, so, uh, what that ends up happening is, like, like it was supposed to say endless summer which was taken from like a lyric of one of their new songs yeah but i didn't know what happened but i was listening i can kind of like explain to you how this happened so i draw every like everything that, that's on mark's base is on a piece of paper somewhere and like my flat files and if i fuck something up like lettering before like i'll kind of draw it and then rep like i'll I'll draw it out the way it's supposed to look with like a brush pen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll replicate it on the base. So like, I know exactly how much space I have and what it's going to look like and whatever. Yeah. So what I do sort of just like save paper. Cause I don't use like a digitally, like I don't do anything digitally. Everything I do is like by hand, which is, I don't know why I do that. I just, I've like lost too many files. I think when I had, when I was <laughs> using a tablet all those years ago to like, I'm just like, fuck this. I'm just going to use a pen and paper. Yeah. But what ended up happening was that, um, so when I fuck something up, I'll just draw it again right next to it. And so what ended up happening was like, I fucked up the A to what's my age again. So like the first age, I fucked up the A, so I drew age next to it. Mm-hmm. So like what I'll do is I'll do that. So then when I scan something in, I could just remove the shitty age yeah. and add in the new age. Yeah. But like, I'm painting it so it's different. So I put what's my age, age again. <laughs> and like when I put it onto the base, it's so weird, but it like becomes clinical when you're looking at something like that where yeah. it's not like words anymore. It's just lines. Yeah. So I, I put what's my age, age again on the base because I was like three in the morning and I was loopy trying to get the base finished. Yeah. <laughs> So is so, that still um, like that? Because I didn't notice that. And I looked at all of it. I still like that, yeah. Oh my and gosh. So It's like funny and heartbreaking, but I got invited to go uh, to that secret show Blink had before they went on tour. Oh yeah. And I the bass off to Mark. That's like the first thing he noticed. Like, oh my like, gosh. Age again? And I was like, <laughs> fuck. You did serious? you even notice it at that point? Or did you not notice it until... Oh, so I had just, like, I had, I don't know, the flu or whatever. So, like, I was not 
I didn't have a fever, which is why I ended up going to the show. So like, once you don't have a fever, you're not contagious anymore. Yeah. And yeah, so it was like, fuck, dude, this sucks so bad. Because Mark invited me and I was kind of like, I'm sick. I don't want to go or like, I can't, I can't go. Like, I'm not going to go risk getting other people sick. Yeah. But because I didn't have a fever anymore, it was like, okay. So I went and um, yeah, it was just like, fuck, man, like, that sucks so bad. But he was cool about it and everything. And he was just like, honestly, it's like, it's been funny because like, it's a nice conversation piece when I do meet and greets. Yeah, no, that's funny because I was going to ask you, you know, how did you know that you were going to be personally handing it off or how did that come about? No, I didn't know at all. So, yeah. And Mark ended up just like hitting me up and inviting me to the show. And I was just like, well, and then simultaneously, the, his base tech hit me up and was like, hey, like, do you think you'll be done with that by the show so I can get it all set up and ready for tour? So I was just like, yeah, I'll make it happen. So <laughs> that's that's cool. So you go backstage, you're handing this puppy off. And the first thing Mark's, no, Mark notices is, what's my age age again? Yeah. <laughs> that's, Which is like that's... my... It's like worst nightmare situation, but it's also just like, I, uh... yeah, no, I mean, what can you do? It, the CD yeah. skipped. What's my a age again there? There, that's, yeah. that's all it is. So some of the, uh, some of the art, I wanted to kind of pick your brain on the thought process on some of that. So, you know, the front has, uh, your Grim Reaper. You seem to kind of have this famous Grim Reaper that follows you around. Um, the cure board to death is on there. Palm yeah, tree um... skateboards. Where'd you kind of pick that stuff from so mark kind of just asked me to do like incorporate stuff he likes like coffee and everything so um <laughs> i the did most important that thing. yeah the most important thing for sure um and then uh yeah i don't know i kind of just like i had done the reaper for the board to death shirt so i kind of wanted to incorporate that i feel like everything's quietly sort of blink 182 related or california related oh yeah yeah, I saw there's a number 23 on the front. Uh, nobody likes you when you're 23, obviously. <laughs> Palm tree for Cali, skateboard, LA. The coffee cup has MH with his initials. The Hello 23, there. Yeah, the 23 thing is actually just uh, it's for Michael Jordan. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just I was going to say, I was like, you a big MJ fan? That, that documentary is <laughs> getting ready to drop. I'm actually looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I like Michael Jordan, too, but yeah. Um, no, yeah, it was for, yeah. Uh, the back... Name. The back had uh, the Descendants, uh, down, 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 with the kind of tidal wave drawing. Of course, the octopus, which that would make a rad shirt. I, I wear Hi, My Name is Mark basically, like, exclusively <laughs> for the past, I don't know, six, <laughs> seven years. So that would actually be a pretty a pretty rad shirt. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about on that, the quote on the inside, it says, you're living la vida loca all over me. Where did that come from? Uh, so it's two. It's like you're living La Vida Loca, obviously the fantastic Ricky Martin song that everyone loves. Oh yeah. And then uh, <laughs> you're living all over me, which is a Dinosaur Junior album. Oh okay. So yeah, I combined the two, so it's you're living La Vida Loca all over me. I didn't know if that was an inside joke of some sort, but it looked like you had signed that uh, on the inside. Yeah, so I think Mark's a Dinosaur Jr. fan. That's my favorite band. Mark's a fan, too. I think, actually, my first exposure to Dinosaur Jr. was on the cover freak scene and on the Fly Swatter demo. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Uh, 
so obviously it's got to be so fucking cool, you know, handing over your base to that you made for Mark Harpus or Mark Harpus, Mark Harpus. Uh, how rad is it seeing him play that on stage? I mean, that has to be so fucking cool. It's so cool. And like the music videos and everything, it's so like just mind blowing yeah. to be like a kid giving him my demo tape to like handing him this bass that I, he asked me to do for him. It's like, an, I can't even comprehend it. It's weird. I have to think of it in like a clinical way because it's so like, yeah, just like, I don't know. It's so weird. It's like, It's such it's such a weird thing to me because it's like I was sort of like raised by these people in a way. Yeah. That like oh of course like you're gonna like what like your little brother's doing sort of you know what I mean like yeah. it's so it's crazy like but it, it's like it's crazy but it makes sense also to me I don't know. Yeah, it's like, what would fourth grade you think if you were to go back and tell him, you know, this band that you're listening to, Josie on on K Rock, one day you're gonna make art for this dude, this band, and he's gonna be playing a Jaguar Fender bass that you fucking painted just for him on stage in front of <laughs> twenty thousand people. I mean, it's mind blowing, dude. Yeah, it's I can't. It's so weird. Like I can't. I don't know. It's like. It's hard to comprehend. Yeah. But I I'm bet. like so thrilled about it, you know, and like grateful. Yeah. And it's just it's such a weird thing to happen because it's like that doesn't happen to many people. So, like, yeah. I feel very lucky and fortunate to have been able to like have the opportunity. Yeah. Where does that rank as far as like your uh, career accolades go? It has to be somewhere near the top. Probably, yeah, for sure in the top it's just like i don't know i mean it's just one of the like i i don't know it's hard to comprehend still but yeah, yeah it's definitely at, at the top for sure so as if that's not badass enough uh mark's company hi my name is mark uh clothing line they do some really rad shit they've been coming out with these base pins which everybody just loves you're so cool and so not only does Mark Harpus, I cannot say his fucking name right now, Mark Harpus <laughs> play your bass on uh, stage in front of thousands of people, but it's also rad enough to turn into a little collector's pen. So how was that process? I just spoke with Dylan actually a couple days ago, last week. He's he's on the podcast coming up. It's not out yet, but he was telling me the process, uh, kind of getting these approved with the artists and stuff like that. So how does that process work out? So yeah, they I don't know by chance like they have like I like what it's so I don't know. I so the first one I saw was the Crayola one. I mean like Crayola was a huge influence of mine because like I being into like hardcore and stuff, he worked with like a lot of bands and did graffiti and things like that. So like I was already a huge fan of it. He's one of my favorite artists for sure. And like one of the reasons I went to art school and everything. So like really? When I, yeah, when I saw his, I was like, oh, shit, like, that's so rad. I hadn't seen pins that have been, like, printed. So, like, they got their factory to do something really, they're, like, the vendor they work with to do something really cool and, like, actually have printed elements on their like, enamel pins, which yeah. is, like, insane. So, yeah, I don't know. He approached me about doing that, and I was like, yeah, that'd be rad, but, like, 
the the process they do the pins is like so awesome and everything looks it's crazy i don't know so i had to give them like high-res photos and then they were able to take that and sort of transition it into like a pin so part of it's printed like i think process and then the other part is like sort of like uh enamel which is rad yeah i had no idea that it was that complicated but the first one it, it was neat he explains that the first one they ran into trouble with was the crayola and it's like okay this needs to be very accurate it needs to look good and the process that they were using originally it just didn't look so good so they came up with some way like you were saying of kind of i don't know capturing or layering it the actual art underneath the enamel to where it just looks super realistic which is yeah it's really fucking rad so yours i think was the last one that came out there's eight of them i have them all i need to look and i'm actually curious now because i want to see if what's my age age again is on the pin <laughs> have you looked it's I'm not sure. actually it's not yeah because it's on the it's kind because of side. it's on this like the underside of the base yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> so but you luckily, get I'm, I'm very happy it didn't make make it on there but <laughs> that's funny yeah. so you get sent uh, i think you had some of those available out of your store right yeah so i think mark had some i have some and then i still have a few that i'm gonna do something i think cool with yeah so it's I don't crazy know. like i mean these sell out so quick i mean it's like two or three minutes and they're just gone dude it's wild yeah i can tell it so yeah i haven't told anybody except like my wife off but like so my plan for these now with everything going on is what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make little paintings that go along with them because so many people like i had quite a few people ask me to do replicas of mark's base for them yeah which like i don't want to do just because it's like that base was made for mark not other people yeah so um, I'm going to kind of do like things in vain of that base. That's going to go with the pin. And then I'm going to take that money and donate it to like, I'll probably end up working with Chris Siglin or something, but like take that and get medical like PPE Hell yeah. and then give that or like donate it to like local hospitals. So yeah, that's the plan for that. That's fucking awesome. I, I'm all about give. I work a lot with kind of athletes and local charities and stuff like that. And I was begging Blink and Angels, you know, if I can help in any way, if Blink Online can help in any way, you know, I'm all ears. I'll do whatever we can. Uh, I know Chris, he auctioned some stuff off and gave all the proceeds to hospitals needing you know, protective equipment, which is awesome. Mark has been doing some Twitch streams, uh, accepting donations towards the Children's Hospital of LA, which is rad. So whenever you get that stuff up, I'm totally going to repost it. I'll keep an eye out for it. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. That sounds dope. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I think there's like five left that I kept. So I'm going to do those and uh, either auction them off or sell them at like a higher price point or whatever to like give that money away. Yeah. Like get equipment for medical people in need totally yeah i'm looking forward to that that sounds awesome uh so do you have any kind of thoughts about you know collectors collecting these i mean is it just cool that people have little pieces of your art i guess in general it's probably badass knowing that people have your art somewhere in their house yeah it's rad like i don't know it's just so i don't it's so i don't know weird to me still like with everything it's yeah. like oh you bought that like that's cool like <laughs> yeah it's funny too like i don't know what i do or whatever it's resonated with a lot of people i've resonated with so like you're like res 
sorry, not resonated, resonate with. So it's like, uh, I don't know, there's like people in bands and things like that, that I wouldn't have like thought would like my art or whatever have bought my art and like own it in their, it's like in their homes. It's such a strange thing. Yeah. So like, be like, oh yeah, like I really like this person and what they're doing. And I guess they like what I'm doing too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's got to be super awesome, man. So, all right, uh, just to kind of start wrapping this up, we've gone over you know over an hour. I appreciate your time. This has been fucking awesome. Uh, so, I wanted to see, do you have any advice for kind of upcoming artists or folks just grinding doing what they love? I don't know. I mean, just like be a little vulnerable, like put yourself out there, keep doing what you're doing, be persistent. Like all I've ever done is sort of be persistent, be reliable, and like be sort of willing to like try something new or learn something new. Um, but that's really all I can give uh, be yourself too. Like, I don't know, just, I feel like me personally, I mean, that's like the only perspective I have is like, I just made it a goal to like make my art a representation of myself and not like, I can get into it a little more, but like when I first started working professionally, like I was asked to do a lot of stuff for like death metal bands and things like that, which is like not really my vibe at all. Yeah. Like I'm like a lot goofier and like what I like is like funny and has humor in it. And so to be doing like weird things that are all like bloody looking and whatever is not like (laughs) not what I'm into. So like I think it's important and it shows that like once I started being myself and like showing the things I was like doing for fun and having fun with, that's when people also started to like take hold of what I like or like resonate and like be into like what I was doing. So yeah, I think just if have a who is it? It's like Jim Rome or whatever that like sports guy is like have a take and don't suck. I think that's what it is. It's just <laughs> like much. have a perspective and just like put it out there. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, I got to ask, what is your favorite piece of kind of memorabilia or collectible? I don't know if you collect stuff. You got a decent blink wall behind you at least. But as as a big time collector, I'm always curious to hear what people's favorite little thing is. Uh, that I own personally? Yeah. Uh, I'll show it to you. This is, um, I think this Pop Disaster Tour. Nice. From like, what was it? 2002. Wow. I've had this since I was like, I don't know, 15 or whatever. Yeah. And then um, this Mark, Tom, and Travis show, I skateboarded to every single day when I'd get home from school. Wow. I'd blast that and just skateboard for like a couple hours <laughs> is, is, in front of my parents' house. Is that your favorite album? It's a live album, but is that your favorite Blink album? I think so because. I don't know. It sucks. It's, it doesn't suck. It's tough. I meant to say, it, um, I really like that untitled album. Yeah. That means a lot to me. And it's sort of like, I feel like blink transition at the same time I was transitioning, like sort of out of like pop punk and whatever. Yeah. But like, um, I don't know. I really love all the, it's tough because like the dude ranch songs are probably my favorite blink songs. But I, what I love about the Mark, Tom, and Travis show is Travis plays drums on them. Yeah. Like, my favorite song with, like, my favorite drummer. 
Yeah, it's really cool to hear Travis kind of go off on some of those songs that you really hadn't heard him drum on before. It's badass. Yeah. Travis is the goat, yeah. in my opinion. Huge, huge Travis Barker fan. Um, so, all right, last, I just want to uh, give you a chance to tell folks where to reach you at, uh, you know, website, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, TerminalRadness.com. I kind of like put stuff up for sale here and there when I want to. Uh, and then just follow me on Instagram if you like what I'm doing and the bass and stuff I did for Mark. Yeah. Or if you like the dysentery Gary animation stuff you saw at uh, on the California tour. Yeah. I need to go and find that. I'm curious to see that now. I mean, I was at the shows, but uh, I'm curious to see what was actually going on there. Do you have a clip of it or something? They're on. It's on YouTube. So what ended up happening was like the animation wasn't ready till later in the tour. So I think okay. it only made it on like this. It was like two thirds of the tour. So like the first part of the tour, I don't think they were. It was the animation was done. So it didn't okay. get added to like later in the tour. But yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite Blink song, by the way? I'm curious. Um. It's tough. I know it's tough. It's tough. I have. I don't know. I think I have a probably like a favorite song on each album yeah i feel you. uh i don't know i think i always used to say my favorite blink song was pathetic because it was the first song i heard from blink that wasn't on the radio okay yeah that song's fucking awesome and that that's one of the first songs that mark has said tom and him really embraced kind of going back and forth and obviously that just became so rad with kind of their different voices going back and forth i love that fucking song it's so good such a great opener yeah i really like um what's the song no is it obvious obvious that's uh on untitled they actually played that live with skiba couple years ago in las vegas i flew out to las vegas just to see blink the, I, i've mentioned this before on the podcast i've been in california two days and it was to fly out there and see they did 10-year anniversary shows of untitled it was at palladium and so on back-to-back nights in 2013 i saw them play that album front to back which was fucking amazing and then i flew my ass right back to indiana <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was supposed to go to like when they were doing that small club tour, I was supposed to go, and that's when I like crashed my friend's car and whatever, so I couldn't end up going. <laughs> uh, yeah, bad yeah, music. So I was, yeah, I was. I should have gone to that untitled tour, but I didn't for whatever reason. It was it was amazing. Kinda still had to work or something. Yeah, to this day, still still the best shows I've seen. It was just fucking nuts. So, all right, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate your time. So, uh, I'll, I'll get you out of here. So, really appreciate it. That was Nick Gensler, aka Terminal Radness. Appreciate you joining us. All right, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nick Gensler, a.k.a. Terminal Radness. Definitely check out his Instagram page. He has a unique style, one of my favorite artists, just really cool shit, and it was an honor on my part to have you know, that conversation with him. It was an absolute pleasure on my part, and I really appreciated him taking the time out of his day to come on here and shoot the shit with all of us and share some really cool stories, really cool insight. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe. I know it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it does help, so I appreciate that. I also need to mention there is still a promo 
code going for Hi My Name Is Mark. Use the promo code 182 News at Hi My Name Is Mark to get 15% off of your order. That code is valid through the month of May. I don't get anything out of that, just something cool I wanted to do for the listeners. So totally use that. If you need to hit me up, I am at Poppin' Curbs on Twitter or Instagram. In the meantime, stay safe out there, wash your hands, and I will catch you next time. Peace.